everybody. Welcome to Your Time, Your Money, the show where your time is just as valuable as your money, and we know that. Excited for today's session. Today's going to be a little shorter session, but I yep. think dialed in to the point. And, uh, you know, we really want to discuss uh, beneficiaries in banking. Yeah, I think it's a really big topic that's been hot on our on our plates lately, Mark. Um, the burst sessions, I feel like, are coming off really great because they're consumable and people love them. I, I feel like shorter sessions are good because people can just get after the basic info and then try to try to take something from it. And I'm gonna, again, I'm going to reach out to our, our listeners and our fans. Don't be afraid to email in. Don't be afraid to call. There's no bad questions, all right? When I, when I was a kid, I got labeled as too many questions all the time, Matt. Listen, ask the questions because... The questions lead us to this because the reason why we're talking about this today, in the last two and a half months, we've had eight or nine situations where beneficiaries come in with their parents' information that are either banks, right, with with their banking information that are either deceased, incumbent, have had a stroke, are disabled, and now they're asking, what do we do now? Well, let's get into it. Let's have listeners subscribe first. Subscribe. Don't forget to like and subscribe. I will start it. So your time. Your money. (laughs) You can flip it this time. I did it last time with Justin. (laughs) So you know, I guess ultimately, you know, it's got to start with why it's important to have your banking situation dialed in. Yep. You know, if your beneficiary is, if you're a beneficiary, or you're a trustee, or you're just trying to help your parents out, you might be on the parents, account. You might be on the account you may with be them. Joint on the account. Yep. Right. Because a lot of times we'll talk to elderly people and they'll say, "Oh, I have a joint my account." With my, you know, but their son and daughter doesn't really know what that's going to do for them, what the benefit's going to be, right. or what the disadvantage is going to be later down the road. So, you know, let's just take it step by step and really talk about some of the things we've already addressed in other shows, well, yeah. right? All things beneficiary, some things in estate planning and stuff. But we really want to focus on the banking end of things. Yeah. I mean, I mean, here's my question, I guess, Mark. How often do you see an elderly person with more than four bank accounts? It's pretty common, right? Like, yeah, spread out between different banks. Right. I'm at this bank. I'm at that bank. And then we look, start looking and it's, oh my God, you have six bank registrations. Yeah. So with different banks. Yeah. So, I mean, by having different banks and a lot of different banks, you got to understand, right? And we're talking about estate planning in this context. Right. Is from a Medicaid standpoint, they have to do a look back. Oh, they, yeah. You know, they have to get financial records for the last 60 months from each account with each bank. Hmm. Right. So if you're at four or five different banks... You know, which a lot of people are because they had a mortgage at a bank and they like the teller there and they didn't want to close out their account, but their account only has a couple bucks in it. Sure. Or they had a car payment at a different bank and they had an account there because they got a better rate. Or they have Social Security being deposited from one spouse and, and then Social Security from another. And the and pensions going into pension, another one. And then RMD into another. Right. So, and, you know, so I said so, four. Yeah. So imagine that process for a beneficiary who now has to provide 60 months worth of statements for Medicaid to be eligible come... Yep time for nursing care or you know, well, let's facility be, care. Let's be real about it. Your your dad or your mom just became very ill and you're trying to deal with getting them in somewhere. And oh, by the way, we need 60 months worth of statements from four different institutions. That's not fun, right? Because I've been on the other side of that phone call where I'm like, oh my God, like this is going to be brutal yeah. to try to figure this out. Yeah. So, you so, know? so short and simple, you know, we want to look at those relationships and say, all right, where can we boil it down to one, maybe two? Right. You know, what makes sense for an aging person? What are the, maybe it's locations, right? Because for somebody that doesn't drive or require somebody else to get out in public, you know, maybe we're choosing the bank because of convenience and location. 
Yep. Right? Because, you know, most banking systems are the same as far as products, what they can offer, you know, that type of stuff. So, you know, you really want to have a talk with your parents and talk about, hey, where's the most convenient? And it, it, it may be leaving a bank that they've banked with for 40 years, which is a tough conversation. That's the emotional piece where I'm going to, I want to inspire people to just be smart about it. It's going to be sometimes a harder conversation with mom or dad or grandma or grandpa when it comes to, hey, listen, if something ever happens to you, I'm going to be the one that has to go and chase down all these documents. And, and it's going to be very painful because there's an emotional piece that I'm dealing with, right? Because you're sick or you're ill. But then there's this piece where now I have to go fact find. And it's difficult. And, and logically, the other thing you want to consider in that decision is as an adult child, if you're going to be caring for your parents, maybe you want them at your bank. Right. You know, maybe you easier. want the parents to move their accounts to a bank where you have that readily... You know, accessible and you're used to login and, and whatever. I mean, let's do a real world. I, I'm, I'm an elderly person. I have six bank accounts and I have $300,000 spread across all six. How much, A, how much do I really need in a bank account as an elderly person who has social security, a pension and lives on their own or an assisted living? And B, uh, how many banks should I really have? Let, let's do a basic scenario, right? Because this is a scenario that just happened to me. So what do you think, Mark? Well, I would say preferably one, maybe two. Right, maximum. Yeah. I, I mean, unless there's some extenuating circumstances that desire, like, you know, perhaps maybe it's the, the dual residence where there's a residence in Arizona, a residence here. Florida and New York, right? You know what I mean? And, and maybe the local bank presence there is, is just as important. So you could argue, sure. too. One bank in one state, one bank in the other, maybe. You know what I mean? Got it. So, you know, but besides that, it starts getting redundant, and it's just additional problems that are going to, you know, come in later down the road. So I, I, I whittle it down to two banks. I got to move X amount of dollars. I move them over to, all into one bank now. And oh, there's, oh, there's 300,000 in, in, or 150,000 between two accounts. Do I really need 150,000 between two bank accounts? Or is there a better place to store that money? Is there a better place to put it? Yeah, and that's the conversation that we have with every client it is, you know, may, maybe it's we need to provide more income because they're in assisted living. Sure. And we need that monthly check or dividend or whatever it might be coming in to offset those costs so they don't Possibly have to go to a facility. Medical costs, right? Right. Okay. So, you know, you, you got to put a lot of thought into how much is too much yeah. and how much is not enough. You know, and, and one of the things that you can argue for one of those two accounts to be is a checking account for a trust. Right. That's which, a great point. You know, which is very important. So you may have one account specifically in a TOD, you know, TOD account registration. Right? Yep. And we went over that in beneficiaries, but transfer on death, direct beneficiary, avoid probate. But you might also want to have in that same bank your uh, trust checking account. Which is a separate account because it's registered it differently. Yeah. Because, yeah. yeah, it's under the trust registration. Yep. But it's one where your trustee, which is probably the adult child, Probably. Is going to be writing checks off, helping with care, helping with you know things along that. If line. I need to pre, if I need to prepay a funeral, if I need to, you know, do whatever it is I need to do, there's there's going to be a flow available. Cor correct. But but what's the magic number I should never have over in one bank account? What's the magic number? I'll let you answer this, and then we got to. Oh, you're relating to FDIC. Yeah. What's the magic number I shouldn't have over in one particular bank account? Yeah. Well, you can make the argument two hundred fifty thousand, you know, to to an extent. But like you know, some some firms like our firm, you know, we have a flex. Insured we, we, we spread it over like, they, they spend it, 12 it over accounts, ten, right? 10 banks, right? 10 banks. Yeah. We spread it over 10 banks. So the FDIC limit on that is a lot higher. Yeah. You know, I don't know a lot of other organizations that do that, but we Smart. do have that, that ability to do that. Uh, but most banks, you know, 250,000 is a lot of money sitting there earning nothing. Yeah. You know, in most cases, and I say nothing, but I mean, 
relative to inflation, relative to need. There's a lot you know, there. Things along that line. So we're at our favorite spot on the show where we get to highlight a community business. It's community spotlight. Uh, really, really exciting this week. This one hits close to home. Um, you know, I've been very lucky and blessed to uh, have a wonderful baker in, in my life. And uh, she just started her own small business. It's uh, You can find her at Chris Cookies Cakes Creations. Dot com and that is my wife and she is wonderful she's doing all kinds of great stuff um you know it's you're the same. official sampler i, can I am the sampler <laughs> of all the products no i mean listen she's already picked up two or three venues she's done probably five events in the last few weeks um and it's great because i start to see people online sharing her stuff like this is you know christine's stuff and she's unbelievable you can find her on instagram you can find her on facebook but it's uh, it's as simple as typing in chris c-h-r-i-s you know cookies cakes creations uh all one word dot com and uh then it's the same thing at gmail.com for orders but if you go to the website it's really interactive her slogan should be tasty 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 right yeah (laughs) really frustrating though because she got to do the dot card which was ridiculous because the dot card is awesome and we can't do it. And I'm like, oh my God, like the dot card. It's so easy. It literally has a Venmo. It has everything on it. And it's like, put it on the back of your phone and just swipe it against someone's phone and they get it. And we can't do that. And it's very frustrating because I think it would be awesome if we could. Yep. Yep. Well, you know, let's get back into, into the yeah. banking end of things. You know, uh, you know, we discussed the Medicaid look back. We, we discussed having consolidated bank accounts. We should. We should consolidate. Putting things together. Three accounts maximum. Like different, when I say accounts, different banks. Yep. Right? If I have this bank, this bank, bank A, bank B, bank C, I feel like that's enough. But you get into six, seven banks, guys, it's just, it's overkill. Yeah. You know, I think the next step is what form should be on file, right? We talked about TOD, transfer and death. Sure. And how important that is. We're not, we're not going to hit home on that anymore. But the other one is POA. That's huge. Right? A lot of power of attorney. A lot of people have power of attorney, but they haven't filed it at their local bank. File it. You have to give it you to know, them. Yeah, yeah. You want to give it to them before you need it. Correct. Right? Because, you know, fiduciary obligation is to make sure it's still in force and it's right. something that can be revoked it's something that can be limited it's, it's something that can be sure. changed yeah you know so financial institutions want to do their due diligence to make sure that they have the most up-to-date the most version. up-to-date yeah. and one that's current and hasn't been revoked right well that's hard to do if the person already is incapacitated and, and has to certify it right so you want to make sure the minute you have a power of attorney or if you have it now and you haven't filed that that you want to file it with all your financial institutions not just bank, but investment firms, you know, uh, get it on file. Get, get it on, on file. Get it on file with the life insurance companies. It's, and that's where, yeah, I mean, I knew you were going to go there because it, it should be on file everywhere. There is a registration. So if it's six banks and four companies and three advisors and, you know, so you, but just on the banking side, if yeah. people are worried, oh my God, I got to do this six times. No, you don't. We whittle it down. Maybe you only got to do it twice. Yeah. And, and most firms only need a photocopy. So it's not like you're going to get a notarized or certified copy or anything like that. They just they just need the photocopy of it. Maybe they might need something called a durable power of attorney certification. Very possible. Uh, just somebody attesting that it's still in force, you know, that you're yeah. still an attorney in fact. But you want to make sure that that is with all your bank information. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, for sure. I mean, again, the whole purpose of this episode was to help people understand that they have some power in the scenario. They just have to ask the right question. And I feel like sometimes as advisors, that's all we have to do is just ask the right question and we get the right result, you know? And it's, do you really need this many bank accounts? Do you really need six bank accounts at different places? Or can we consolidate? Can we get them down to two so that it's a lot easier for ease of use and for look back and 
even if we're going to create a trust or something like that. Yeah. And, so. you know, we've centered this around a trust planning. But in, right. but ultimately, if you're 30 some years old and you just got married and your wife has two or three accounts and you have two or three accounts, sure. you really should take a seriously look at consolidating down, getting oh more God. streamlined. It helps with budgeting. It helps with cash flow and analyzing where your money's going, you know, and, and less things slip through the cracks. Listen, there's right. plenty of times where you meet with a couple and they say, well, we do our own banking and then and, and it's a struggle there because, well, how do we know what's being spent and how do we know what's really coming in and what are we missing? What what are the dollars we're not seeing, you know? Yeah. And I understand why people don't want to do it because they have auto pay tied to a lot of the accounts sure. and they see it as work to get it transferred over to the new account, Sometimes the new painful. bank Sometimes and stuff. But, you know, life's a lot easier when your money is is transparent and you can see it coming and going. And when you have multiple accounts, six or seven accounts, and you're playing this like, you know, the the walnut <laughs> shuffle where right, you get the yeah, ball like, underneath. Oh, I supposed that money over know. there. Oh, I forgot to move it over there. Oh man, I, I missed the bill. Up or, this bill's coming due or whatever. You know, just really take a serious look at your bank accounts and uh, you know, sure, work towards something that's more streamlined and convenient for you. If we can, if we can, you know, be be a uh, proprietor of good information that is. To know where know where you're banking and and understand the the rules and regulations there and you know don't don't be a person that says ah heck with it we're gonna let it ride and then you know we'll try to figure out figure it out after the fact because let's play the scenario out now Mark we have six different banks and there's no POAs and we don't know if there's TODs and now three of the banks had no TODs and it, it was only supposed to go to the other person the significant other well what happens in that scenario with the kids what happens. Yeah, that's it. Probate, probate right? Yeah, they're out of luck. Going right. to probate. Now we're going to probate. And what does a probate attorney charge? Anywhere 5 to 9% of an estate, cool. you know, what, what, at, between court fees and everything else. You know, so it, could, do, it could be high. Do, do the math on it. If we have six bank accounts at different banks and there's 300000 spread across six banks and there's no TOD and there's no and there's nothing on there to say the other the beneficiaries are getting it, well, well, ten percent of three hundred thousand guys is thirty thousand bucks. Yeah, even if it's five, fifteen grand. Fifteen grand is just going away, all because well, we just. Well, didn't I think wanna... what's more important is the time that it takes to go through a probate. Six to eight months, you know, or or longer. I mean, I've seen probate go a year. So again, and again, I, I... And, and wait, let's point that out <laughs> though, important. just as, yeah. as a closing statement. Yeah, the reason things take longer through probate a lot of times is because of the amount of accounts that the attorney they have to go through needs to go through, right? So if you the more Accounts you have, six, seven, eight, nine, ten accounts yeah. that have to go through probate because it wasn't consolidated down. Well, time is money in an attorney's mind, right? Right. So, I mean, paper clips money or staples right. money. Right, yeah, seriously, money. But, but it's time right. of going through them. You know, so it's convenience, it's time, it's getting through probate, you know, Again, more timely. I, I want to make sure our illustrators know, we when we tell stories, we tell them from experience. We've seen it happen. And I literally just watched this happen where... Banking assets had to go to probate, and a person had to put a funeral on a credit card. Well, you, you don't have to do that. But the money was there. The money was there. So she, this person rang up how much interest over seven months waiting for probate to get completed. Holy smokes. And, and, and the money was there. It could have been a better funeral. could have been a better situation. Didn't have to put the person in dire straits. So, I, again, our listeners, I just want to make sure they know we're coming from the heart, and we just want to make sure you're not running into a brick wall. So, so let's let's get the bank accounts in order yeah. and move on to other fun topics. So Absolutely. Great having you today. We can uh, you always find the Esley Group at 
800-222-3202 or at yourtimeyourmoney.net. Please uh, go on YouTube, like and subscribe, like and subscribe. Also, can't say that enough. We're getting and there, once man. again, we're located at 43 British American Boulevard, Latham, New York, 12110. Your time, your money. It's your time and your money. Adam Jones, Matthew Trillo, Mark Esley, Financial Advisors, 43 British American Boulevard, First Floor, Latham, New York, 12110, 518-724-5004. Cetera Investors is the marketing name of Cetera Investment Services. Securities and insurance products are offered through Cetera Investment Services, LLC, member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services are offered through Cetera Investment Advisors, LLC. Cetera is under separate ownership from any other named entity. Today's community spotlight. Chris's Cookies, Cakes, and Creations. The email is chriscookiescakescreations at gmail.com. And you can find her at chriscookiescakescreations.com. Special thanks, Chris Conlin, owner and craftsman of Skulls and Sawdust, 518 852-3673 skullsandsawdust at gmail.com Special thanks to Bobby Chase and Jeff Carlson of Next Evolution Media 518-879-1779 bobbychase84 at gmail.com And last but not least, a very special thanks to our families for sacrificing many hours to let us see the vision through its reality. This material has been prepared for informational purposes only and is not tailored towards any particular individual investment, objectives, or financial situation. This is not intended to be an offer or solicitation to purchase any security or insurance product. Cetera representatives do not provide legal, tax, or estate planning services. Should you require such service, you should consult a legal, tax, or estate planning professional. A diversified portfolio does not assure a profit or protect against loss in a declining market. Rebalancing may be a taxable event. Before you take any specific action, be sure to consult with your tax advisor. The views and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily the views and opinions of Cetera Investment Services. Any recommendations mentioned in this episode are meant for educational purposes only and should not be construed as advice or personal recommendations. Always consult your financial advisor, tax advisor, and attorney for details related to your specific goals and objectives. Investments have risk and can lose value. They are not FDIC insured. The situations presented are hypothetical to illustrate key topics and should not be construed as actual client situations or experiences. The Esley Group operates under Cetera Investors and is responsible for the production of this show. All views and opinions are solely that of the Esley Group. You should always obtain a perspective when available prior to investing to know your risks, costs, and fees associated with the investments. Cetera Investors is a marketing name of Cetera Investment Services. Securities and insurance is offered through Cetera Investment Services, LLC, member of FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through Cetera Investment Advisor, LLC. Cetera is under separate ownership from any other entity name. 43 British American Boulevard, first floor, Latham, New York, 12110. Phone number 518-724-5004. Individuals affiliated with this broker-dealer firm are either registered representatives who offer only brokerage services or receive transaction-compensated commissions, investment advisor representatives who offer only investment advisory services and receive fee-based or on assets, or both registered representatives and investment advisor representatives who can offer both types of services. 